Welcome back, everybody, to the Brazilian Dragon Podcast, here for our 2022 Brazilian Dragon Clip Show Edition. Now, my name is Felipe. I'm the titular Brazilian Dragon. If this is your first episode joining us, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Felipe, and here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast, I like to describe it as nostalgia-based projects. So if you are a millennial Gen Z cusper like me, I think this is a podcast you might really enjoy. We talk about content that we grew up with, like Nickelodeon, Disney Channel. Cartoon Network, PBS Kids, etc. Um, here on the podcast network, we've done recap series on Total Drama Island, on Scooby-Doo. Uh, our sibling channel does uh, stuff on Phineas and Ferb with myself, my friends Will and Navi. Um, we also have a Two Can't Keep a Secret, Pretty Little Liars rewatch podcast on the Dragon Babies Network as well, as well as a Gravity Brothers, Gravity Falls rewatch podcast. Um, also this year, we did a High School Musical, the Musical, the Series recap podcast. If any of those sound interesting to you, check it out. Now, this is the Brazilian Dragon Clip Show. Now, this is one of my favorite podcasts to do, but it's also one of the most stressful. I put a lot of work into this, going back, listening to old episodes. It's such a heartbreaking feeling knowing that I can't include clips from every single episode, all of my guests. We had a phenomenal year of podcasting. I'm really proud of the work we did here on the Brazilian Dragon podcast, um, but Alas, there are some clips that won't make it, some really funny moments. Uh, I will shout out every single guest from the podcast this year, um, but we are going to look back at some of the highlights of the year in terms of podcasting, some things that made me cackle. Uh, so anything that really got a big reaction from me, you'll definitely hear. We'll also listen to some moving uh, parts of podcast this year that was a lot of mumbo jumbo uh, some more wholesome podcast moments let's say but let's start off looking back at the year we go back to January of 2022 where um, my friend Jay joins me our first podcast of the year was on January 18th 2022 Jay and I uh, discuss how we're expanding the network uh, with a 15-minute podcast talking about Pretty Little Liars and the launch of our sibling show on the Dragon Babies feed, uh, Two Can't Keep a Secret, a Pretty Little Liars rewatch series with Jay and AJ. Jay has seen the show multiple times. AJ's never seen it. Podcast is almost a year old. This was episode 85. Now, this uh, clip show is going to be episode 145. Now, let me just do some quick calculations because your boy ain't good at math. That is 60 episodes we did here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast alone this year. Now, the next episode we did was episode 86, talking about Regrets in Paris, the movie with my friend Taylor on January 25th. Now, during the podcast recording, Taylor's boyfriend kept interrupting by opening bags of chips and making other noise in the background. Let me play you all that clip and you can enjoy it for yourselves. Jesse, stop. <laughs> you're being loud as shit. No, you're not. He's like, bang, bang. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Should I cut this out of the podcast or should I leave it in the end? You can keep it. Stop. You're actually being annoying. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I might I might uh cut this and then move it to the end as like an out like a blooper. You're being like, you're grabbing bags of chips and be like, 
Do you, you heard him, right? Am I wrong? Thank you. Poor Felipe's like, you're like, ping, 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 ping. I'm gonna fuck you up. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Fuck. I went like this like four times and he's like, I'm sorry you have to edit now. No, I think it's hilarious. I want to put this in the blooper at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, you're free to pull. Honestly, I'm already thinking of my clip show at the end of the year. This might be the best of 2022 <laughs> clip show. I feel like you can't expect much from me. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm A queen, like, an icon. Thank you. <laughs> Jesse Gober. <laughs> well, like, just chill out for two seconds. We live in a very, like, it's small. Like, it's, it's a tight. Spot. We live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. Um, no, but Jesse, fine. <laughs> I'm going to actually fuck you up. Go in your room. Does Jesse want to join us for this conversation? Me, you psychopath. I'm so sorry. This is hilarious. I'm going to kill him. Do you hear sizzling? No, I don't hear sizzling. Okay. But I, I did hear like chips opening and like glasses clinking at one point. Like, I think he threw a bottle. Just, I'm just kidding. He didn't do that. Like, I'm going to kill him. No, you don't have to kill him. It's okay. Does he want to join us for the rest of this recap? Uh, Jesse, do you want to? Do you have anything to say about the recap? Now, the next podcast episode we did was talking about the Disney Channel original movie Quince with Sarah Ferguson and Jessica Sterling. Now. Jessica had some vernacular in this podcast episode when we were giving our MVPs and LVPs that sent me and especially Sarah into a tizzy. So let's go hear that clip because that was uh, out of pocket uh, choice of words, but we stand nonetheless because it brought us this iconic moment. about you sarah who's your lvp uh i would say like the parents as a collective unit like they both suck um i'm not going to individualize them because they couldn't bother to individualize their five children so um (laughs) i would say the parents i was gonna go strictly dad i think dad is worse than mom simply because mom just had five babies coming out of her cooter like you know give her a bit (laughs) of a break (laughs) why are you saying cooter that's disgusting (laughs) Fine, her vagina, her vahine. Can't you just say hoo-ha? Hoo-ha, <laughs> her hoo-ha. Five babies shot out of down there. And I'm sorry, she's probably uh, stitched up to her neck. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, you're getting you're getting the hook. You're getting the you're getting pulled off the stage, ma'am. <laughs> anyway, I give her a bit of a break. The dad seems to be more pressury about the science stuff and stick to the plan, the plan, the plan. Shut up about your plan, dad. So he's yeah. getting my LV. Now, when we were getting into plugs at the end, Sarah brought up Taylor Swift and how she was re-listening to old albums, and I mentioned that I was re-listening to old Rihanna albums, and the reason I include this next clip is because my plan was actualized by a contestant on Big Brother 24, 
But I said this months in advance. So when Taylor was shouting out Rihanna on Big Brother 24, I was like, yo, that was my idea too. So let me show you the physical evidence that this was my plan all along had I been on Big Brother before Taylor, which obviously didn't happen. And as it shouldn't have happened, Taylor's iconic and I totally get why she was cast over I would ever have been cast. So let me, let me uh, show you that clip of my idea that someone more talented than I did, than I am, got to do first. not i think it's probably her most i think it's more romantic than lover so i know it's like old news but uh i say give it a go well my old news is even older because i recently i've been listening to music of the sun by rihanna on repeat this week so yeah yeah when is rihanna coming out with new music i think that she's going to have her own baby album we yeah. want the album. Well, See, um, apparently, like Beyonce has her own TikTok now, so people are speculating that she's gonna come out with some new music yeah. soon. Well, so have I ever told you this? I I'll say this on air. I don't care, but uh, that if I ever got on Big Brother, you know how people do the shoutouts when they go vote. My yeah. shout-outs would be like saying hi to a celebrity. Be like, Rihanna, we want your album. We love you. Especially because you know, Rihanna watches Big Brother. Yeah, so. that's going to be a cease and desist for you, Felipe. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's the album, Rihanna? Like, Because I know Devon was talking about the album on the live feed, but no, you have to go a step further and do it on the live feed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Now, the next few pods we did were, sorry, I need to pull up my spreadsheet so I can track everything. We did um, a Brink podcast with the great Robbie Freeman. First time I ever watched that movie. Uh, and then we did Geek Charming with Will from American Julia. On the Naomi movies for episode 90, we did uh, Max Keeble's Mig Move with Naomi and Maddie G. In March, we did a motocross podcast with Jordy. We did a Harriet the Spy podcast with Matt Scott. We did the Gravity Bros kickoff show with Alec, expanding the network of the Dragon Babies again. But for episode 94, this next clip comes to you from that episode, talking about season one of How I Met Your Father with the great Caitlin Glacken. Now, Caitlin, everyone knows her on Twitter. She likes to bully people, including me. And we find out that her bullying tendencies started way back when on the school bus as a child. Let's listen to that clip. I don't think okay. I th- why do I, I think- feel like you said you would die out there oh I 100% would die out there I think yeah. um I don't think I'd be as good a survivor as I would be a big brother because I'm already pretty skinny so I think I would like be dead without any nutrients coming in I'm not very physical so I could Please, see myself you, being you, early beat up, you beat up all grannies all the time no I help them although I did no. get in a fight when I was little on a bus into a girl in a headlock and pulled her hair <laughs> I need to hear the story. Well, you so feel the, comfortable sharing it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I was in middle school. and oh, the worst. Them. People who like middle, middle school are sociopaths. Actually, I peaked in middle school. So <laughs> ever, ever since uh, then, it's been Exhibit A. <laughs> yeah. But I was on the bus, and I sat next to my friend, Nicole. And this girl, Sam, came on. No wonder and- you hate Nicole. <laughs> 
No, she was a cool Nicole. I didn't fight her. So, um, I sat down and she was like, I wanted that seat. And I was like, well, like, too bad. I sat down here. And the girl stole my shoe. I was wearing flats. And she took it off my left foot. And I was like, you jerk. So, I was like, give me my shoe back. She was like, no. So, I just grabbed her head, started pulling her hair. And I was like, give me my shoe back. And everyone on the bus was watching. Um, my little sister was on the bus. And I got my shoe back. Megan and Carrie. I- Carrie and I said to Carrie, I said, if you tell mom and dad, I'll put you in a freaking headlock. And she never told on me. You should ask and her I got about her it today. Back. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if she remembers because she was like in kindergarten. Ugh. So don't mess with me. Fighting isn't the fighting Irish a uh, uh, football team? Fighting I Irish. think so. Like for Yes, yeah. it's been Notre Dame. Notre uh, Dame and yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That's so funny. Like you're you're feisty. Yeah, especially as a little kid, I was very feisty. I've calmed down a bit, but yeah, I still don't understand how you you your favorite time in life was middle school. Cause I I literally peaked so much. I had so many friends. You I, have friends now? Not really. Um, okay. I, <laughs> Fuck my drag. No, you're like one of my only friends. Now we find out what inspired Caitlin to become such a bully. Now, uh, after that podcast with Caitlin, I kicked off a project with my friend Autumn talking about Total Drama Island. This is what we started in March of this year. It was called We Want to Be Famous. We were going to recap all the episodes of Total Drama Island. And when introducing our segments and asking for listener feedback as we go through the project, I messed up Autumn's Twitter handle and it led to a chaotic recurring gag throughout the series, um, but let's hear it for the first time. And then we want you to get involved. So tweet at Brazil Dragon Pod with any questions, feedback. You can also email me or the podcast network at, uh, I'm Felipe at BrazilianDragonPodcast.com. That I'll read any total drama feedback. Um, and Autumn is at Autumn in the club. I am at what the fleep on Twitter. And I am we'll- at Automatic Dub. <laughs> Why did I think you were Autumn in the club? I. What's so funny is that I. Uh, I would never be in the club. I. I the club That's sounds like the worst place. I hate Daniel Trump said clubbing <laughs> is awful, and I went to a club last night, and I was not having a great time. I, no, I. That's I- a lie. That's a lie, because I ran into one of my friends from college, and we were, like, really good friends in college. And then we just, like, lost touch, just, like. Yeah. And then I ran into her there, and we caught up, and now we're going to hang out. Um, but uh, that that was a good experience, but I hate the club as well. Like, yeah, the club, you, you cannot find me in the club. So my, only, The only in the club I like is 50 Cent. Yeah, me too, me too. And then the mass Singer dude did a good cover of it, The Frog. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I So, yeah, I, I will not be in the club. Oh, automatic I, dub, sorry. Automatic dub, but the autumn part of automatic is spelled like my name. Yeah. So that's the pun there. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then my Twitter handle, Twitter. my Twitter handle is what the fleep, um, like what the bleep, but with an F instead of a B. Now the next episode we did, let's check the number. It was 96 and I brought in AJ and Jay 
the host of the Two Can't Keep It Secret podcast, to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe from uh, 2021, um, excluding WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, because Moon Knight was about to start and kick off the year of 2022 Marvel. Now, we are going to have three clips from this podcast because this podcast was chaotic. This first one is about me telling Jay and AJ about how my friend, who will rename Nameless, uh, was really into Barry Keegan as um, Druig in this movie. And this is their reaction to that. Barry Kogan was, uh, he was fine. I remember my friends were like, oh my God, this like white boy with his, with his like sleeves off. Like, Who? Dr- uh, Druig. Get the fuck out of here. That's the most unlikable character I have seen in a long time. My friend? <laughs> can I, can I read a quote from my friend? Read a me? quote. Tell me their stupid opinion. Cause it is stupid. <laughs> quote from my friend was like, Bitch, my coochie was vibrating to that man. I am so happy your coochie was vibrating for a slave owner. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Without context, I was about to ask if this friend was Chappelle. But just the context that this friend has a coochie, which I don't know what Chappelle has, but good for Chappelle if he does. And also that this friend is, like, standing a slave owner. I don't think this friend is Chappelle. <laughs> Like, what he did to those people were straight up despicable, and he acting like he has any moral high ground. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Go and rot. <laughs> like, yeah. you like this character? And then oh, the no, death- my friend is very- <laughs> she was just talking about looks-wise. I don't think she was, like, talking about, like, his character. She was just, like, when she he walked out, it. and he was, like, in that, like, <laughs> tight tank top, I was like, oh, my coochie. Gotta protect it. <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure all those um people that were under his control was like, yeah, that tank top though. Yeah. <laughs> that tank top, like he might have complete control over my body, but you know what? That tank top is yeah. because the body. of the tank top. Yeah. And pause. How down bad was Homegirl? Like you have not seen this guy for thousands of years. Atari? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She was down bad, but we were done dirty. I, but because I would have been more down bad for her. Like, if yes. She more of her, she was yes. Really there. I found out she was like forty. I was like, no. She's how old? The lies and deceptions. Yeah. Now, this next clip from that same episode is AJ and Jay getting into an argue, uh, argument about Bruce Banner and the Hulk that goes off the rails. Take a listen. I, I will say this, um, and, and I told my friend this after I saw this, a new thing that's added to my list. Heroes that cannot use their powers properly. I hate it. <laughs> Like um, um, Bruce Banner. <laughs> yes. But that that has to do with character reasons. I don't give a fuck about that character. <laughs> AJ. Is that what's up, Jay? I miss Ed Norton. Also, I, uh, Mark Ruffalo is great. <laughs> Why am I canceled? You don't like Bruce Banner? No, he's the worst. He's the worst original Avenger. <laughs> I'm, have you met there. Tony Hawk? He's literally a capitalist warmonger. I saw Tony Stark. Tony Hawk or Tony Stark? He, he, Stark. 
Tony Hawk, I don't know if Tony Hawk is vaccinated, so I am not a stan right now. Well, let me tell so you something. You Give Tony me Tony Hawk Stark every single day of the week over Bruce Banner's dumbass. That's anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Not <laughs> yeah, what, AJ? What? <laughs> Asking you, I'm out of guesses, Asian. What? I said that's anti-Semitic, and your response is he's still the worst character. Is he? No, but I've written entire lessons on I've like for religious school about the Judaism inherent in the story of the Hulk. Ah, okay. But Bruce Banner individually is not Jewish, right? Bruce Banner's a fuckboy. No. <laughs> okay, is it a, he's a on the fuck boy of- and your little science? The horny for science boy isn't. Who's horny for science? They're both are honestly. <laughs> yeah, but like you can't. Oh, if you're looking at the men as individuals, Tony Hawk is inherently worse as a man. Yeah. <laughs> Stop coming for Tony Hawk. What did Tony Hawk do to you? <laughs> not Tony Hawk, Tony Stark. <laughs> Listen, I'm not drunk. I've just been up since like 4 a.m. for like three days in a row. There was a death in my family. I've been sick. Let me have this. AJ, yes. I'm you going can I, shit. Can I give you a hot take? Listen, give I love Mark Ruffalo and everything he's done with the Avengers. I don't. But honestly, Norton was going with things there. And I was like, I like no, where you're going. that is a hot take and a wrong take. He was going for something. And I appreciate He was going for something, but he shouldn't have. This like dark version of the Hulk. I kind of like the But like the shit. writing was horrendous. Oh, I'm not defending the movie. I'm defending the, the, the like edginess of that Hulk movie that like sure the edginess but the rest of it was bad and the Hulk is another character that needs to be grittier and he's just like a like a goofball these days and I'm like okay yeah but you know what I can be gritty and I can be a goofball I can be sad I can be blue I can be violet skies I can be hopeful I can be mopeful I can be anything you like Vinny is so mad that he's now slamming cabinets are you happy Anthony Jamal I'm happy he learned that he has a bad opinion because Bruce Banner sucks. Vinny, did you hear that? Vinny is slamming cabinet. Listen, if you have wrong opinions, that's on you. If you like Bruce Banner, that's your issue. I'm sending to tell for you. (laughs) Vinny is is Cat Hulk. (laughs) Hey, hey, Vinny is Cat Hulk, like Alligator Loki. Yeah. And guess what? I guess Vinny got to go get Mark Ruffalo and um get him straight because Mark Ruffalo has been doing a bad job as um Bruce Banner. Fight me. Um, Fight anyways, me. Fight me. Move on I think to again, I think it's the writing. I don't think it's Mark <laughs> Ruffalo. I think the writing of this Hulk is not great. Okay. So so, so you were on my side that Mark Ruffalo, not Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner sucks. <laughs> no, but the original character of the Hulk does not suck. The current representation of the Hulk is not ideal. Yeah. I hear AJ got to win. <laughs> AJ only ever hears that AJ got a win. Because I only get W's, baby. <laughs> You're automatic I'm going to call your place to work, AJ. What's up, Jay? Nothing. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, our last clip from that same podcast episode is Jay talking about their fear of Willem Dafoe. Now, I've heard this story multiple times, but Jay tells it again on this podcast, and AJ jumps in because AJ's always looking to fight Jay. And honestly, that's what co-hosts do with each other. So let's take a listen to this final clip from that Marvel Cinematic Universe 2021 podcast.
But I'm sending Chappelle for your ass. Did Chappelle, did Chappelle respond? Not yet, which is odd because he's usually always on Twitter. God damn, my first time at a Denny's, I gotta be fighting a motherfucker. <laughs> Who you call a motherfucker, motherfucker? <laughs> Let's get to Spider-Man. I have so many thoughts for a movie that I've never seen. What? what Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I, I, I think I want to hear your thoughts. Well, um, Tobey Maguire has a special place in my heart as the Spider-Man. Don't get me wrong. I love Andrew Garfield as a human being. Um, and I love Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man because I think it's the most authentic to the comics version of, of the of the first Spider-Man comics of, mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That being said, Tobey Maguire was my gender identity awakening. Mm-hmm. Mm. as spider-man um also was it during spider-man 3 during that day no it was during spider-man 1 i saw that man and like that's my gender toby mcguire spider-man but also yes it was during spider-man 3 when he was dancing Mm. um i will not be taking questions at this time no uh, how do you feel about willem dafoe being in this property well, that's the reason I haven't seen it. You see, Willem Dafoe is my arch nemesis, not Tobey Maguire, Maguire's Spider-Man's nemesis. He is my arch nemesis, and the reason is he is ugly and pretentious. <laughs> and also, scary. as a human, yes, or the Green Goblin, yes. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, God said, "Let me show you evil in human form." And he created Willem Dafoe. Actually, he created William Dafoe. But Willem Dafoe decided to be a pretentious asshat and change his name to Willem simply for name recognition. You cannot be that ugly and play a nice role. Therefore, he is always a villain. I'm sure he's a wonderful actor. He is. He ignites a primal fear inside of me. Um that I cannot explain and will not explain. Um, Also, fun fact, this is related. Uh, Christopher Walken uh, was on the boat when Natalie Wood disappeared. Um, Natalie Wood was Maria in the original West Side Story. Oh, how is this related? Uh, (laughs) I have a conspiracy theory that it wasn't Christopher Walken, it was Willem Dafoe, and he killed her. Willem Dafoe was not alive at that time, was he? Wait, who's older? me. Okay. Felipe, I was not prepared for this. They brought the fire. Today <laughs> was spicy today. Um, but anyways, AJ, pop off on Spider-Man. Uh, like, yeah, he was alive. The... Unless Jay has more to add. Jay, do you add? Willem Dafoe killed Natalie Wood. Confirmed. That is the stance of Jay, not a stance of the Brazilian Jagged podcast. It is my stance. I have more conspiracy theories that involve Tony Hawk and Avril Lavigne. If you would like to learn them, message me on Twitter. So next up, we did a couple more podcasts about Total Drama Island. We did 97, 98, and 99. We're all just me and Autumn talking about, I want to say like through 11 episodes of Total Drama Island. And then episode 100 
was released on May 3rd, 2022, two years after the first episode of the Brazilian Dragon podcast. So I brought in AJ and Caitlin and Will Davis to play a game show all about me and the podcast topics we've discussed over the years on the Brazilian Dragon podcast. Now, one of the games that I brought in for this game show was a Taskmaster task. I asked each of my uh, competitors to pick a Nickelodeon character without knowing what the prompt was. AJ picked Spongebob, Caitlin picked Cosmo, and Will picked Gerald from Hey Arnold. Now, my task afterwards was to write a poem. They had about, I think, three minutes to write a poem, and AJ delivered one of my favorite poems in written language history. Let's listen to it. Half of my time was spent looking back up to see if the time ran up or not. <laughs> uh, um, William, as leader in the clubhouse, you will go first. I spent a lot of that time drawing this little picture of Gerald. Ooh. <laughs> um, but what I said was, uh, Gerald Johansson is the greatest of all time. This haiku mm-hmm. says so. Ooh, that is... A haiku. Thank you, Lovely. William. Five seven five, baby. Okay, Ooh. Caitlin, as you are in second place, let me hear you go next. Okay. Cosmo, no one knows the power you have to change the world with the drop of a hat. Mm. Ooh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, Anthony. Yes. Last but not least, it is your turn. Okay. I'm ready for anyone to step to SpongeBob. I'm ready for anyone to get a Broadway play. I'm ready for anyone to have multiple theatrical releases. I'm ready for anyone to last decades on Nickelodeon. I'm ready for anyone to get David Hasselhoff on their program. I'm ready for anyone to get Pink to write a song for them. I'm ready for anyone to have an iconic catchphrase. I'm ready for anyone to try to step to SpongeBob. Beautiful poems. Oh, sorry, we're doing poetry. Snap, 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 snap. Uh, My that, was, that was fantastic. That was great. Um, let's start things off. Uh, I think AJ, your poem was beautiful. It encapsulated his uh, "I'm ready" phrase in so many amazing ways. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna give 300 points to AJ for first. Yay! <laughs> and then. I don't know, Will. I think you could have done better with your haiku. I will. I will not lie. <laughs> you spent most Illusion. of your time doodling, doodling uh-huh. on Gerald. Um, uh-huh. and I think that, poem, ad, that adds. Your poem is beautiful, <laughs> but I don't know why he's the greatest. He's the be- baddest motherfucker in all Nickelodeon, based on your poem. Well, there was only there was only uh, uh, seventeen syllables to. Well, that was your choice. <laughs> I think it was a poem of your choice. I don't, I don't know. You could have been a little more creative, but you're a math okay. guy. You're not a creative guy, uh, which you are actually. That's a lie because you're Wanda. Yeah, I, I resent that. That you should have written a Wanda for this in three minutes. Yeah, in in in, in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a hundred points for third place, Caitlin. Congratulations, you get second place. Yay! So two hundred points to Caitlin, three hundred for AJ, and one hundred for Will. Yeah. Um. Uh, AJ, I'm gonna clip that and make it a poem. Uh, on <laughs> a diss track to every other cartoon character. So AJ now I feel has... like I had like an oh, unfair advantage. You can count me SpongeBob. 
but you you all got no, to that's it. I feel like I... yeah you you told us to pick up Nicktoon without knowing what we were doing <laughs> exactly you that's said the point. first one that comes to your mind not who's the baddest bitch in the club well yeah because I wanted you to have one locked so you couldn't you couldn't I mean Gerald's a bad B I'm sorry um and you did him dirty if I'm being fair uh, listeners can sound off if you disagree with my decision tweet at me I don't care Now, at this point, you might start to sense a pattern. There's a lot of AJ in this Best of Clip show this year. And honestly, AJ makes me laugh so much. He's one of my favorite people to talk to on the podcast. He always has me in uproarious laughter. He's one of my favorite guests to have. Um, I just love talking to AJ. But Will actually stumped AJ or like knocked him off his feet with this strategy in a hot potato game we had for that same podcast episode, the 100th game, Caitlin was eliminated in the ne- in the first round of this hot potato series. The second round, the category was name uh, Marvel characters until the timer goes off. And it was AJ and Will. The goal was to go back and forth. And now let's take a listen to Will and his strategy. Are you ready, AJ? You will be starting the next round. Will will be after you. Ready, camping. This one has 3,000 plus options. So we're going until you say something twice or 60 seconds are up, probably. Unless one of you says something wild. Characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Black Widow. Oh, God. There's so many of them. I can't <laughs> a single character in these movies. Uh, hold on. So there's like there's all the there's all the Avengers movies. There's oh there's some people from like there's like there's like aliens or superheroes. Some of them are like gods and witches and thirty uh, seconds. Even some kids. Uh, are there kids in these movies? There's like a bunch of people that died. There's, uh, oh shit, what's that purple guy's name? Um, I, uh, man, oh god, there, I, I can't even choose. There's so many. Ten seconds. Okay. Um, hmm. Is, is that, you no, know, his name is, his, hmm. his name what? is, uh, Thanos. AJ, you are eliminated. <laughs> I died. I died. I did say you could play strategically. I wasn't prepared to play strategically. <laughs> now, uh, we continued the 100th episode celebration with 101, which was a casual conversation with my brother uh, Enrique talking about the content that we watched growing up and how our six-year age difference influenced the different choice of television and movies that we watched. Uh, 102 was talking about the movie Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius with my buddy Mark. Shout out, Mark. I bet he's listening. Uh, I love that man. He's the best. Uh, 103 was more We Want to Be Famous with my brother again and Autumn. 104 was a Naomi Movies episode, talking about Spirits of the Air, Gremlins of the Clouds with Naomi and Sarah Carradine. 
105 was the start of a two-part podcast series with Dr. Amanda. We talked about different movies that we could pick for her to watch with her kids and then come back and recap with me. Uh, now, the second episode of that series was released in July. It was 111. We talked about Spy Kids. Um, afterwards, we did another episode with Jay and Autumn talking about We Want to Be Famous. Now, this was episode 106 released on June 16th. And Jay stumped me with a joke that I understood the joke mid-sentence. And it was a fun, chaotic moment. Let's listen to that joke and that realization from your boy. Um, I'm going to give it to Duncan. At least I'm not confident in this, but I feel like, did Duncan even eat anything? Did we see him on screen even trying? Like, he seems very much like the kind of... Do you remember that Zach and Cody episode where Kim tells him to clean their room and then Zach sits on his bed and tells Cody, you clean, I'll supervise? That feels like Duncan's energy in this episode. And granted, I haven't seen this episode in a couple weeks. So, honestly, <laughs> it's my podcast. I'm going to do what I want. And I want to give it to Duncan. It's with fine. No Diversify the LVPs. Reason. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Duncan's going to get a lot more MVPs later. Who knows? Um, also, his name is Duncan, and they didn't make him eat a donut, and that feels like a missed mm. opportunity for a fake po- product placement. Do they have um, Duncan in Canada? What's Duncan? No, but like his name is Duncan, and they can give him a donut, and it can be like a funny haha moment for the audience. I'm going to be honest. I've never heard of this Duncan donut. Oh, um, I got it. <laughs> I thought you were being sarcastic. Oh, funny. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> now that's staying I in the podcast. Like, I feel like you meant like Duncan, like like a, like a low, a small Oklahoma, Kansas City brand of donuts. And oh, I was like, oh you know, no, like you Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts? I'm from Boston. I know Dunkin' Donuts. He does now was, he, when he said it. He, yeah. I was confused because I was like Dunkin'. Like, I like Dunkin'. I thought it was spelled like Dunkin'. Like, and I was like, now, oh, is that like Timbit? I was just trying to make the joke. Yeah, okay. Wow. Y'all are going to bully me all up. That was I'm, good. Leave that I'm in. I'm going to call in the reserves, a.k.a. AJ, to come here and save me. Um, <laughs> anyways. Anyways, if you want less bullying on a podcast, feel free to check the episode that I dropped today with Dr. Amanda. Um, and there's no <gasps> bullying on that one. Wow, I'm right here, bestie. She's my mother. I mean, Jay's name on Twitter is not, like, Felipe Stan account, so yeah, it's Dr. Amanda Astanda account. Yeah, so have you listened to the podcast yet? No, because I was at work. Fake fan. Because I have a I job. I would have listened at work. <laughs> Listen, I had eight interns, and I told them about this podcast. So, Sarah, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't Hi, listen to the podcast at work. I just record them after. <laughs> Now, the very next podcast was with the great Nicole Horn, one of my longest co-hosts on the Brazilian Dragon podcast. I think episode eight of the whole podcast series, we talked about the original Camp Rock. Two years later, we ran it back again. Uh, that's a Disney, different Disney Channel original movie reference, but uh, we went back to summer camp. We wouldn't change a thing about this podcast because Nicole had me crying laughing about um, Logbutt, and I'll just leave it at that. Let's throw it to the clip so you can laugh as well.
another intro that I thought for the podcast was something about Logbutt, because we go to the bonfire, and Connie's like, oh my god, you finally calmed these junior rockers down to Jason. And he's like, yeah, I think they finally respect me. And then he stands up, and he's Logbutt. And he's like, well, the worst, what's worse than being Logbutt is being sat on by Logbutt. And I'm like, Kevin, that's child abuse. I feel like you didn't really explain what Logbutt okay, was. Okay, do you want to explain it? Yes. So, the, so he's talking to his counselor friend, says, I really earned the respect of my junior campers. He stands up, and then they glued his ass to the log. That's so rude and disrespectful of them. Also, how does the glue dry that quick? But also, like, how does the log not fall? I feel like the log is heavier than the pants, and it will just rip his pants. No, it's that ass. And then he's going to be there with his little ninnies hanging out. Like, that's not good. (laughs) The ninnies. (laughs) I did not expect to hear the word ninnies in 2022. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I know what exactly. <laughs> Nicole just dropped the word ninnies on a podcast. <laughs> but like, you, if you guys know, <laughs> if you guys know, <laughs> I'm crying. I'm just gonna tweet the word ninnies tomorrow. <laughs> and then if people were able to respond with, if you know, you know. Yeah, tu sabes. You already know. Um, meanwhile, uh, Axel and Tess and Luke are spying. Um, imagine if they were spying and his minis came out. That would be, that would be a lot creepier. Now, later on in that same episode, Nicole starts wandering around her room while we're on the call and lays down upside down in her bed with her head hanging out. I'm like, Nicole, what are you doing? And she absolutely sends me with what she responds with. Let's go back to that same episode with Nicole Horn. tweet like birds in the sky like they don't have access to computers they can't vote i just have to point out that nicole has gone full akiva right now and i'm living she is upside down in bed i've been really enjoying the new season of stranger things (laughs) so i decided to do my own upside down to be honest my knee has been hurting so i've been just like trying to get comfortable pointing it out that like how far we've come we're Nicole is like bullying Akiva but doing the same shenanigans that he'll pull. I mean, there's something great about being horizontal. Like you just gotta try it. <laughs> that's what that's what Cake by the Ocean's about, right? <laughs> no, sometimes I'm at a 90 degree angle. Happy <laughs> 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 Camp Rock podcast up Camp Rock too. Rock. We rock, we rock on. The sequel everyone's been waiting. I would not for. change a thing of this podcast. It's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so, not the uh, ninnies. <laughs> not the ninnies. <laughs> um, that should be a drag queen name, not the ninnies. Not the ninnies. Not the ninnies indeed, Miss Nicole. Now, after Nicole came on the podcast, Autumn and I chatted, chatted with Alec from the Gravity Bros podcast and the Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater 
Uh, we talked about the uh, episodes uh, 16, 17, and 18, I believe, of Total Drama Island. Then uh, I did a season two preview by myself about Scooby Snacks and Chats, which I tried to revive this year. Hopefully next year the revival goes better. But I did chat with the great Lindsay Bebo about Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins. Afterwards, we did that aforementioned Spy Kids podcast. And one of the podcasts I'm most proud of is every year I like to dedicate a podcast episode in tribute to Naya Rivera, who played Santana Lopez on the show Glee. Now, Glee was a very formative show to me. Um, I uh, really appreciate what that show did for my own journey in self-discovery and identity. Uh, Santana was Latina and queer as well, so uh, I always have a special place in my heart for Naya Rivera, and her tragic passing was really emotional for me. So every year I'd like to dedicate a podcast to her and thank her for everything she means to me and what that character represented. Um, So while I won't be sharing any clips from that episode here in this clip show, I did want to recognize it. After that, we did the Escape Psycho Killer with a Chainsaw and a Hook episode of We Want to Be Famous, just myself and Autumn. And then Naomi and Will and I talked about School of Rock on the Naomi movies, and Will created an epic banger of an outro song for us. Then, the great AJ Norris. You know him. You've heard him already multiple times. We have a couple more clips with AJ to share from this episode of when he guested on the Total Drama Island podcast with myself and Autumn. July 14th, 2022, this episode is called Feeling Asymmetrical. <laughs> um, we get Trent rooting for Gwen. Izzy continues to be annoying. She pees in the pool. Yeah. So, AJ, oh. this is your time. Just say something about it. Stop peeing in the pool. It is unsanitary. It is disgusting. There is a reason why pools smell like the way they do. And it's because y'all keep peeing in it. Like, honestly, pool will have no smell if y'all just stop doing that stuff. Y'all peeing in the pool makes it unsanitary. And y'all mother effers <laughs> who think, oh, AJ. no one's going to notice. I'm by myself. The pool also gets warmer. I, stop it. We, we're not here to swim in a warm pool. It is summer. I want to get cold. Get out of here with this. You are ruining my day. You're ruining my swim. And I have to take a shower. I was going to take a shower anyway because be sanitary but now i have to be take a shower because i don't want your dna on me if your dna is in the pool everyone's now infested get out <laughs> aj you had a previous opportunity i believe it was february of 2021 to say all these words on another podcast where this came up and you neglected to say these things so i don't know i feel like you've been bottling this up ever since and this is your therapy <laughs> no here's the thing february of whatever year you just said i was ambushed with this information <laughs> I was not prepared. This episode, I was like, okay, now I know I'm going to be talking about someone peeing in the pool. How do I feel about this, and why am I disgusted? <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, anyways, Eva continues to hate Heather. What do you think of Eva? Yeah. <laughs> She's scary. <laughs> She's scary. <laughs> She's so AJ me. would do the phobia episode, but it would be Eva from Total Drama Island. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole phobia. This Eva. Like, Eva took a raw snake and knocked Lindsay the F out. <laughs> I was like, a raw snake? Is that what you just snake, said? A raw snake. A raw snake. Oh, snake. Yeah. I said a raw snake. I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember picking up a snake. Honestly, that would be even more impressive. Just taking a snake and knocking her out. I'm like, baby. No, my fan fiction, Eva grabs a snake, goes to Izzy. She's like, smacks Izzy with the snake. She's like, look into my eyes. What do you what see? What do you see? No, 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 Just does the snake dance right back at Izzy after she knocks her completely out with that snake. 
Wow. I'm, what a good. You gotta write it, Felipe. I'm getting hot. Yes. <laughs> I'll write the next season of Total Drama. <laughs>
Look, the whole, honestly, honestly, the whole production, like, no, that's a, where, where is Chef? Where, where is Chef? We, we need to see, we need to see his thoughts Asia, on what are your thoughts on Chef? Chef's so much fun. Chef is vibe. Chef is, <laughs> Chef is so good. Now, at this time of the summer, High School Musical, the musical of the series, season three premiered. It actually premiered on my 25th birthday on July 27th. Um, and Sam Davis and I uh, started up the podcasting machine to talk about season three. Now, Caitlin was super busy this summer, so she could only join us for one episode. But Sam and I kept the train chugging along. We did the preview show uh, the day before my birthday, and then we did the first episode. And we'll have a clip with Sam later on. But first off, 118, the episode talking about Into the Unknown, episode two of the season, I brought on one of the most influential podcast voices to me, Mike Bloom. Now, I've been listening to this man podcast about Survivor, and reality TV, and scripted television like Lost for so many years. I was probably 16 when I first listened to this man. It's been almost 10 years. He's been a very influential part of my podcasting consumption. So it was an honor to get to talk to him. But at the end, when he started to do his plugs, uh, he goes uh, past Miss Jen levels and makes a joke that was borderline Mr. Schuster. Now I'll let you listen to that clip. Uh, shout out to the great Mike Bloom. Um, and let's start to the clip. No, I mean, I think it's been an interesting season so far. I like the change of setting. It has made it feel a little less samey-same like we experienced with season two. Again, I'm saddened that we pruned down the cast mainly, but I can understand uh, these people are having their careers expanding. And for whatever it is, I'm excited to see whatever happens next with these kooky group of people and the ghost that happens to be craving their flesh that exists outside of the forest there. Yeah, um, I just got breaking news. Uh, Sam says that he would give Gina the MVP this episode. Uh, Whoa! Because he says that... For someone in her position, she's handling a lot better than most high schools. Like, with the jealousy part of, like, Val and uh, Maddox. I don't know if I agree with that. We'll have a discussion <laughs> next week, Sam. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't want to necessarily measure her against the metrics of other high schoolers. But again, like, the, yeah. the bar is... I wouldn't even say the bar is set. The bar is, like, all over the place. There's one piece of the bars over here, over there, but the way they write these yeah. high schoolers in the show. And he sent me his list of uh, MVPs and songs, but I'm going to let him talk about it all. I'll give him... Let, let him put words in his own mouth. Exactly. Uh, but, Mike, I mean, I know you have a lot going on, but let us have oh, everyone God. know what's up these days. What's up? A lot is up at the moment. Uh, so if you are a reality TV fan, I'm doing a lot of exit press. Uh, I, I'm an entertainment journalist for Parade.com, where I'm talking to people Recently who are Recently verified entertainment journalist. Recently verified. Look at that blue check mark. I can't wait for... Nope, I'm not going to say I can't wait for 8th graders to approach me and talk about it. <laughs> no, that's, nope. that's, that's very Miss Jen of you. No, no, more Miss like Mr. Schuster. That okay, is surely true. going too far. Uh, but... Then, myself and Sam talked about episodes three and four, but I did a check-in with Lindy and Todd from the One Indescribable podcast, and we started talking about Ashlyn, and low-key, the character assassination that she's been getting at the start of the season. Her uh, storylines are out of pocket, and we're all frustrated 
Todd especially, but we also talk about the little glass rose that she brings to camp. So listen to this clip to hear us discuss the shenanigans that are happening on High School Musical, the musical, the series, season three. Do we want to talk about Ashlyn? Oh, I am... I'll, okay, I'll Todd, say, let's start with you. Todd is like, uh, if we must, if we must. No, talk no, about no, it. no. Ashlyn, I want to talk about Ashlyn. I want oh, to talk do? about okay. Ashlyn and, and the character assassination that you've done to Ashlyn. She's getting slanderized if you say so. I, am, I was so annoyed at the Ashlyn storyline in episode three. The whole uh, Ashlyn becoming a demon thing. Because Ashlyn's been one of my favorite characters on the show. I've loved Ashlyn so much. And for the first couple of episodes, Ashlyn's been great. And then suddenly she's like a diva who is just so upset about not getting cast in the lead and the way she's acting towards Maddox and everything. And then to have it all be like, oh, it's because I've just discovered that my Gemini sign is wrong, which is just like, no, what? I, I hate it. I hate that they have because there was no setup for it. Again, like it's there was nothing was leading very... up to Ashlyn acting out like this nothing if they again if they start in like the beginning of the season with the first episode with Ashton Conley being like well now that I've been Belle I just know I'm gonna get the lead and even in the tryouts you know Gina was the one who was being all competitive but Ashlyn was just like oh yeah well oh it's Gina 1.0 ha 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 but then she's the one acting like Gina 1.0 after she doesn't get cast and there was like no real lead up to it and she was just acting awful that entire episode and then, like, the next episode, she's, like, trying to embrace it and everything. I don't know. I, I just hated that turn. It just felt so out of character. And they tried to lampshade it by having people tell her she was acting out of character. But the lampshading didn't make it any better for me. It's just, like, because I hated seeing one of my favorite characters act so out of character. I wish that if they were going to do this storyline, there's like small things. Like I mentioned with the Courtney thing, she could have like had the rose that she brought to camp. Mike and I discussed this, that big ass rose in the glass vase. She could have been like, I had to bring this with me to summer camp because I was Belle and like set that up in the car from the first opening shots of the season. They could have had her be very like egotistical about being Belle later in season two, but she was very down to earth in season two about being Belle. She was more anxious about living up to that standard. It was never about like, oh, now I'm the big boss in town. So it, it feels very disrespectful of the character we've gotten to know in the audience a little bit. Uh, and it, it feels a little flanderized. Lindy, what do you think? I guess, yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. I think I don't feel as strongly as Todd because she wasn't previously like one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I think you know, I, I didn't have anything against her, but I was never looking at her as like, oh, yeah, I love Ashlyn. Um, so it doesn't bother me as much that she's acting this way. But I see what you mean. This isn't really like her. And yeah, the rose. Why would you bring a delicate breakable memento with you to summer camp? Like that thing is not making it home intact. I'm just saying like that was a I bad love how extra it is to bring that whole ass thing. That too. To it's also like, I was the lead. It, like, Now, 
we had then the next episode, episode 122. We did another Scooby Snacks and Chats, this one talking about Abracadabra Do. Now, my friend Lisa Holmes joined me and had a lot of questions about what my magic powers would be, what my magical word would be. Let's take a listen to that conversation because Lisa's always a fantastic listen and a great conversation. Lisa, do you want to get into some of our segments that we have here on the Scooby-Doo podcast? Yes, that's the funnest part about doing podcasts, doing all the like little segments and things that I listen to all the Love time. It. Also, uh, did you end up bringing anything or no? It's okay if you didn't. Um, oh, no, just um, I just had like a couple of questions about magic, sort of. Okay, yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about that first or do you want to do the segments first? Um, no, we can do that now. Yeah. Okay. So what are your questions? Okay, so the first one was, um, what would your magic word be? Ooh. Everyone has a magic word that they like, make stuff happen with. What would yours be? I don't know. I would want it to be fun. I would want it to have a lot of consonants, like something like shabluki or something. I don't know, <laughs> like something mm-hmm. fun. Like I like alakazam because there's a lot of like wines. I don't know if this makes sense. There's like wines in the in the word. It's like alakazam. Uh, mm-hmm. Abracadabra do, I like that. Um, I like. I need to have like fun sounds, something fun to say that's catchy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I need to think of this for the next podcast. I am. Um, you? Like, you well, I like the. I like the two syllables, so you can be like papa, like da da, <laughs> like I like that. Like I like it to be punchy. Um, yeah. I yeah and yeah no I don't know for sure but. I really like it in board games when you have to say the name of the game when you win. Like, you know, you say Ooh. Uno, or if you I play the Jumanji, um, Jumanji Flux, if to win, you have to say Jumanji. And even in games where you don't have to do that, I still do it. Like, I really like saying Reco. Um, I think I'd like something like that. But yes, okay, good. What's yours? I thought of one. Zigamadoo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be the hashtag for this episode. <laughs> Great, Zigamadoo. Zigga zigga. Yeah. Maybe bring up my, yeah, my spice girls. Yeah. Anyways, what else do you have on the tour? On the on the. Um, yep. So magicians do different types of magic. So it's like close up magic, card magic, coin magic. And I'm wondering what if you were going to be a magician, what would you do? Would you like close up magic, the street magic, the is there like water course? magic? I would love to like do water magic, like anything with like water based activities. Like I love like water light shows. Oh um, yeah, that's very calming to me. So something like where I can incorporate like water and like special effects, I think would be a lot of fun. Definitely, yeah. I mean, like you know, there's the famous uh, water torture cell escape illusion. You could do it a lot of escape acts in water. That's a an added element of risk that people have. Um, yeah, I think you might be getting a little bit into the sort of sciencey. Slash yeah, it feels very like stuff, also but... waterbendery from Avatar. I'm yeah, think, yeah, um... yeah. No, but so you can I... definitely do it. Then for episode five, Sam was away, so Caitlin filled in for us to talk about episode five of season three, and I also checked in with my friend Jessica Frey about the current season of HSMTMTS. Afterwards, Otterman and I talked about the Sticky Buns episodes of We Want to Be Famous on September 6th. Uh, that was probably the episode final four and final three. 
Uh, and in episode 126, I started my history of my Latina and Hispanic representation in American media series called Si Se Puede, talking about what the importance of representation, why it matters, especially in terms of Latina and Hispanic stories in honor of Latina and Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, I did a history sort of podcast overview talking about that stuff, and we'll have some clips from that series in just a second. But the next episode was actually about Color War and Camp Prom with Sam. And Sam has a very empowering message about body positivity from a scene that we discuss about Carlos and how he doesn't want to take his shirt off. So let's throw it to that clip where Sam and I talk about body positivity. Where were we in the plot? Um, Jojo Siwa shows up. Jojo Siwa. So, uh, Madison shows up, and uh, Jet really wants him and Maddox to repair their relationship. Uh, We also find out about this yearly tradition about the ice uh, bucket challenge, basically. Yeah. Uh, And Carlos is stressed out because he doesn't want to be shirtless, Mm -hmm. uh, which is relatable to me. I, as a bigger person, have been uncomfortable. Like, and it's not just, like, that's the reason, but like, I, right. I don't know. It, and, it, and that's exactly why I loved, loved uh, Carlos being the one, you know, to have body positivity issues. Cause I too have had body positivity issues even. Um, so I lost a lot of weight at one point in my life. I lost 50 pounds uh, between my junior and senior year of high school. And I've, since then I've been like, quote unquote, in good shape. And, you know, to the, to the outer appearance where I'm clothed, you know, I'm, look like i'm quote unquote skinny um but i still you know have love handles and cellulite and these things on my body and i'm still because and it's of also what like society, the emotional scars not just the physical yeah, like yeah and so insecurity. what what society has ingrained even if you are you know skinny like carlos is very obviously not overweight but that doesn't mean you can't have body positivity yeah. issues with, you know not wanting to be shirtless around other people so i thought it was great that you know it was just you know someone that you would look at them and you would, they would not be stereotyped as someone that has body positivity issues. It doesn't always have to be one type of person or two types of people, you know, people at, you know, the ends of the spectrum um, that would have body positivity issues. Like it comes, uh, no pun intended, in all shapes and sizes. And so I thought that was great that, that um, they addressed that for Carlos in this episode. And they built it up. It was, it was warranted. You know, they sowed the seeds for it and it didn't just come out of nowhere so yeah and I, I, I agree really i agree with everything you said and also like because i know previous shows that i've enjoyed i mean not to like continuously compare the show to glee but like the potty positivity episode was about mercedes on that show right whereas like i appreciate mm-hmm. showing that it's not just like bigger people who struggle with it it's like everyone like just because right. of what society expects of uh-huh. like what an attractive individual looks like right um Now, my first conversation for Si Se Puede was with the great Abimaria Gomez from Survivor Philippines and Survivor Cambodia, Second Chance. She's one of my all-time favorite Survivor players, and I was so gracious that she gave her time to be my first podcast guest of this series. Now, Abby is very all she's very much about the positive energy and leaving the negativity behind. She mentioned to me that she started working through a lot of her survivor pain through therapy, and she has a very empowering message in our conversation about leaving the negativity behind and only embracing the positive. And let's throw it to that clip where Abby discusses that 
So let's take a listen. Yes, I'm a fan of the show. I love the show. I think it's a phenomenal show. I am like so honored and blessed and, and you know, wow, like that's amazing, especially with my story, uh, especially that I was able to even play and go so far. But as far as like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm going to die for poverty. No, I would never. And I would yeah, never and I think her. <laughs> I love being myself. Yeah, no, and I love that you are yourself because it's authentic to you. And I love that a lot of like you showed how strong of a player you are because in your first season a lot of you were like oh abby would have been voted out but i disagree because i think you had the numbers in your tribe i think it would have been rc or scoopin who would have been out if you lost the challenge but i think you showed that you like can still play well on a tribe that isn't doing well you went to almost every single premier's tribal council in cambodia and you still made it to seventh place which is an incredible feat um, and I, I just hope you know that like there are fans who are so proud of you. And I, I know, I assume you're proud of yourself as well, because you're such a fighter and you like were very resilient and tenacious throughout your seasons. Very resilient, very resilient. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's almost like, okay, like I'm remembering now the word, I think it was almost like being slippery. Like that's what the producer said that I was so slippery that they were trying, like, especially on second chances. And that's, there, there has to be another word. It was a word that I didn't know, but it kind of meant slippery, like that I was always trying, I was always finding a way of, 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 of escaping, you know, when they were all talking about getting rid of me and then I would find a way. And I think that makes you a great survivor player. And you also got like a lot of like st- stress from your fellow competitors, like in both your seasons, people like oh, were rude to you. Some of them even yelled at you. And I was just like, oh uh, like God. rewatching those clips, I was like, I think in 2022, if you rewatch this, Abby would be the hero. I think so, too. Thank you, Felipe. Yeah, like that whole bracelet thing. It was just like, and how they were all mocking me, and I was all by myself. Yeah, but one of my favorite things that I do love is that you own everything. Like, you make so many bracelet jokes on social media, and I love that. You have to. You have to play along with the fans, or else what? Like, if, if I just focus on low vibration energy like then i'll become a depressed person and and then bad things will happen and i don't want that to be i want to be a happy person i will be a source of light and i want to be with the highest vibrations of the universe because everything's energy Now, afterwards, I had a conversation with Fanny Veliz Grande, and then later that day, but released a couple weeks later, I had a conversation with the great Lyrsa Torres from Survivor, David vs. Goliath. And Lyrsa tells us a fun story about how she got cast and the intersectional identity that she carries with her throughout her daily life as a queer Latina. Let's listen to that conversation with Lyrsa. But anyway, going back, I moved here 2016 and then in 2018 for my birthday, which usually in September, I take a lot of vacations and I travel a lot. And that year I had, I used to work at the airport, so I traveled for free and I went to two different spots that year. And one of the spots was visiting friends in LA and there was an open audition. And I told my friend, can you drive me there? 
and we got there and I did the audition just to like to get out of the box. I'm like, oh, okay, at least I, I try. I like swear these people are not gonna call me at all. Like I'm not skinny. I have a bunch of tattoos. I'm extremely gay. Like I am not this, you know, type of beauty thing that we see on TV. Like I'm not Kelly Wentworth, right? Or, you know, even Abby, like I am so different, right? And then they freaking call me, man. And they kept calling me and it got really excited. Um, but then when you go into the show as a minority in a game that yet doesn't have a rule for a 50% of BPOCs because this country, we are combined, we are more than white people in this country, right? And it was very difficult for me. I thought, to me, making friends and talking to people used to be like super easy, especially before the show. Now I am not like I was before. Um, so I thought I was going to be like this happy nugget and everybody was going to be my friend, even though we're going to vote each other out. And that was not the case. And it was really difficult and hard for me because I couldn't relate, honestly, to anybody like from my cast, like in the experience of the Latino queer woman, right? Now, if it weren't the holiday season, I, I would have actually loved to have reached out to Lyrsa and tried to have a follow-up about Survivor 43 and talking about uh, Jesse and especially Carla, who Lyrsa is ve was very excited about before the season started. Maybe when I get back from my trip to Brazil, I might reach out to Lyrsa and see if that's a conversation she wants to have because I know she was super excited about the Latino rep that we were going to get on this season of Survivor. Now, after Lyrsa, we talked to uh, Rolando Chuzan from Promised Land, my friend Paula and Gabby, Elaine Del Valle, who uh, is the writer and director of Brownsville Bread, a very uh, short film that everyone should check out. And I had a conversation with Katia Martin, who played young Letty, aka Juana, in Promised Land. And she has a great perspective on what needs to happen in the industry for Latine creatives to rise up in the ranks. Let's listen to that conversation with Katia from October 7th, 2022. Kind of a two-part answer I, I think one and this, this is like a very hard ask of, of producers and networks I know but taking risks um, I, I think one of one of the main problems with um, like what movies and TV shows get made or not made especially here in the United States is is money right mm -hmm. it's, it's very hard to find money to fund your project um, whereas you know in, in Europe and I think in, I mean, I know, for example, like in Mexico, there's a lot of government support towards filmmaking and, and same in Europe, like you can, there are just these amazing grants and these amazing um, public funds that help fund the arts. We don't have that here, obviously. Um, and, and so all, you know, it, you have to attach big names to your small indie film because otherwise you won't get the investor to trust that this movie is going to do well, you know? And so I think, 
having that trust in in new emerging filmmakers and in stories that might just be different than what you've seen in the last several years i think that's that's really important um and at the same time bringing um bringing more diversity behind the camera from the start um i think is very important one thing that i it's hard for me to grapple with sometimes is these like situations where I, I feel like whether it's um I, I think it happened a lot with women like when in the Me Too movement and I think it's it's happening some sometimes on and off with um with like people of color and and um like bi BIPOC, BIPOC creators is being like oh we need like we need a female showrunner because we have no mm -hmm. shows right now with female showrunners. So let's take this woman who has been only ever been in one writer's room and we're going to make her a showrunner, which is amazing that she's getting this opportunity. But then if something goes wrong, it doesn't, it, the, the question is never, oh no, should we have given her more experience? It's, oh no, should we hire female showrunners? Like this just was a disaster and we lost so much money and, and this woman can't do this job. I, I think it's so I, I think it's very important to 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 train people from the bottom up, like like hire more diversity as assistants, as you know, as PAs, as right, you know, in writers room assistants. Um and and let give them the opportunity to grow and, and then make mistakes along the way versus thrusting them into these huge roles that they're not ready for both like whether it's on the creative side or on the technical side, whether it's like in the camera department or, you know, at really any role, um, I think really opening the doors for more mentorship and more um, just more growth opportunities in general from the ground up is really important because otherwise it's we're we're going to be taking one step forward, two steps back for much longer, I think. Now, fun fact, the transition song you'll be hearing between all the different clips is from Promised Land. It's the I Heard It Through the Grapevine version from Pow Pow. Um, and it's just an instrumental with, uh, instrumental with a little uh, transition sound effect at the end. Um, so after my conversation with Katia, I rented it out with Indy Santos, fresh out of the house from Big Brother 24. She was the first juror, and we had a great conversation there as well. Now, once Hispanic and Latina uh, Heritage Month ended, we continued with our regular programming of chaos. Uh, the Nail movies were back for a Halloween edition with the great AJ Norris. Raise your hand if you've heard of him before on this podcast. Naomi and I had a great time with AJ. Um, this is from our introduction of all the co-hosts and AJ uh, as a sunflower, just an image you want in your mind. Let's go to that clip. We are here at the titular nail movies so we got to bring someone who is amazing at 80s pac-man style arcade games miss nail movie naomi herself <laughs> naomi how are you doing? should i legally change my name to nail movie no movie is that could be your new drag name but we already established in the pre-show you're done with drag i'm done with drag i'm leaving it to the uh more talented people yes well, um, you did have a great drag name though saoirse l distancing yep yeah. Uh, Naomi, how are you doing? It's been a minute. I'm 
fantastic. Uh, I'm in the spooky spirit now that I've watched this this movie, and um, I'm really excited. We're like we're like diamond status members of the movie theater, you know. Yes. Um, and I think we're welcoming another elite person in to talk about this movie with us. Yes, you can hear him la 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 into every podcast on his tricycle. It is AJ Norris. <laughs> Listen, I'm here for a good time for a good la la la. <laughs> AJ, have you ever been a sunflower before? God no. <laughs> like honestly, um, sunflowers see me and they well, they're like, oh, that's a dark spirit. <laughs> we got a, we got a great show for you all today. Uh, AJ, how are you doing? Welcome to the Nail Movies for your first appearance and hopefully not last because you're too funny to keep away from the theater. Like honestly, food play flattery will get you nowhere. Um, but I am glad to be here. <laughs> I'm enjoying to talk to y'all. Haven't talked to you in a minute, Felipe. Haven't talked to you, Naomi, in a real minute. Like <laughs> which long is, time. It's it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. Last time uh was the last time you conversed when uh y'all were defending Miss Laurel Johnson? As she deserves it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, which is a great episode of podcast Mike White was robbed. But yes, let me tell you, that episode took so long to edit because it just fell <laughs> off the rails. And I would be like, wait, I, I would like cut something. And then I'd be like, is this funny? Should I keep it in? And then I have to go all the way back and be like, does this make any goddamn kind of sense? And it, it did eventually, it did. But like, it took so long to finish that podcast and be like, okay, I think this is listenable. Damn. Listen, as someone who's edited many an AJ podcast, I, I know sometimes uh, the Phineas and Ferb episode, oh God, the first one that AJ's he did. Fault, but okay. no, just <laughs> the Phineas and Ferb episode where AJ, we took a 45 minute break because AJ's like, okay, let me go get a hot dog. And then we spent the 45 minutes. We were like, okay, we're going to go back in and cut it all out. And AJ's like, wait, I forgot to eat my hot dog. <laughs> Listen, I have my priorities straight and I like to giggle. If y'all want to fight, let me know. <laughs> Listen, we love a good AJ podcast. That's why that's why you're here. Otherwise, we wouldn't have invited you. We would have invited someone else, like Navi. Uh, like, pause. Uh, oh, Navi, someone else I haven't talked to in a minute. But I can't make my statement now because I just like a mommy. <laughs> Navi. Um, my pop culture plug at the end of the episode is Navi's letterbox reviews because she started her letterbox and told people, me and Will specifically, to bully mm. her into using it. And then I read her letterbox reviews. 10 out of 10 reviews. Yeah, and I'll read some of them on air if you really excited about that. Now, I promise you all, this is the last AJ clip of this podcast. Maybe AJ should be in the next Brazilian Dragon Games, but I don't want to do that. He should co-host the next one, right? Look at this idea that I just had. Anyways, let's throw it to AJ giving his MVP point of the season, or sorry, of the movie for Monster House. Uh, AJ, let's go back to you for your MVP of the movie. Um, I'm giving it to Catherine O'Hara. The mom? Correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, for the reason? Because uh, she tells her son that she loves him? Yeah, th that's the sole reason. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to show I'm a supportive parent. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Ooh, pause. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give it to the personal trainer because I know he's getting some. <laughs> <laughs> he 
you know it's good when Naomi lets out a scream. <laughs> oh god, I just didn't expect it. <laughs> I thought about it for a second. <laughs> All right. Now, afterwards, we had um, a podcast episode where Sam Davis and I wrapped up High School Musical, the musical, the series a little bit later than intended. Also, Kate and I gathered to talk about the Halloween Town finale, Return to Halloween Town. Next year, we plan to do Twitches. Um, and Autumn and I gathered together to talk about the final marshmallow from the Brazilian Dragon uh, series about Total Drama Island. Autumn and I followed it up with a Hunger Games situa- simulation for the Brazilian Dragon Games 5. Um, and then I had a conversation for Si Se Puede, which is going to be an ongoing series, not just for Hispanic and Latina Heritage Month, with the great Mariel Molino. But I closed out the year talking to my dear friend, Navi. We had to get her on the podcast at least one time in 2022. We did the Brazilian Dragon Game 6. Now, on this podcast, we also talked about the clip that you just heard from AJ, where uh, that uh, Chowder's mom goes to the movies with her personal trainer. And I said... What if that's Mike White's inspiration for uh, Cameron and Daphne's arc in The White Lotus Sicily? But the first clip you'll hear from Navi is my favorite moment from any Brazilian Dragon Games featuring the Green Goblin and the aforementioned Willem Dafoe, uh, a.k.a. uh, Sorry, that's the Green Goblin. And the Green Goblin and Chucky. So let's clear it to that clip. It's our phase. Oh. It's Green Goblin and Chucky. What's going to happen, Navi? I hope they're working together. Likewise. Green Goblin and Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. Green of Goblin all the things I expected. Getting a W in this game. <laughs> Facing Chucky around. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my god. You've seen The White Lotus, right? Yes. I don't think I've laughed that hard at anything since in the second episode of this season when, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Coolidge is like, mm-hmm. Valentina, who do I look like? Monica. <laughs> and Valentina's like, I don't know, Peppa Pig, <laughs> which apparently was improv. Yeah, I love it. I think that I laughed so hard when I watched that. I had to rewind it like five times. It was so funny to me. All right. So now this last clip is also featuring Navi. Um, now, if you know Navi from the What You Doing podcast with myself. Will and Navi, we talk about Phineas and Ferb. Navi has been working her way through Naruto for a long ass time. And Navi asked me uh, about uh, when she thinks she'll finish Naruto. Now, I am happy to report that on Christmas, Navi finished Naruto. It was a Krimbus miracle. But at this point, Navi tells us about her future plans when she finishes Naruto. And boy, oh boy, am I stressed for my friend. Uh, now, not even our top three faves of the Hunger Games, the Brazilian Dragon Games, Magoogles, Chucky, and the Green Goblin could help Navi out with her Naruto rewatch, but let's find out what Navi has planned after she finished Naruto. Let's start to that clip. 
I guess I'll just do my Naruto minute because that's the only thing that pops up in mind when it comes to pop culture. I'm I have about thirty to thirty one episodes left of Shippuden. Oh, you part... said that you had forty episodes left earlier. Today, I, I so... got through like nine episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I'm almost done. Do you think I'll make it uh, by the time we get to the, what is it, Wednesday the 28th is the date? Do you think I'll finish it by the time it's the 28th? Well, earlier today when you asked me and Will in our little chat, I made the prediction because you said 40. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll guess maybe you'll have six episodes left on yeah. by, by that date. But now that you said you cleaned out 10, I was probably assuming you'd watch it on the same sort of pace I generally binge watch yeah. stuff. But no, you flew by those. And I guess if you had nothing going on today, that's what I would do as well with no plans. Yeah. So maybe maybe I think you can get through it all, especially if you don't have anything planned until Wednesday morning. Yeah, exactly. Um, plus it's like 22-minute episodes too. So Do you speed it up ever? No, I don't speed it, but I do, like, sometimes don't really pay attention to what's going on because it's kind of boring at some points, but, you know. Uh, Valid. I, I still have it on in the background, so. Valid. Yeah, well, that's exciting to hear that you're almost done. We have to find next year's minute soon. Um, well, I'm going to start Boruto. So what's I'll Boruto? It's, it's a spin-off show slash manga. About his follow, son? Yeah, we follow his son. <laughs> How many episodes? Five hundred. Oh my like, god! Well, Shippuden is like five hundred. The and then OG Naruto was like two hundred and twenty-ish, and I think Boruto is like at two hundred and eighty. How do you spell Boruto? Pardon? How do you spell Boruto? Uh, B O R U T O. Okay, I spelled it Nar. I spelled it Ba, like B A. Uh huh. Okay, there's only fifty-two episodes of that. I think that's dubbed, isn't it? Like, I think that there's more episodes than that, but I could be wrong. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish you luck on your Baruto adventures after your Naruto. And there you have it, folks. Now, our last episode of the year before this one was about um, pop culture for the year. We did an award show. Um, featuring uh, my impressions of Elmo and Jennifer Coolidge's Tanya McQuad. Uh, but we also talked about the pop culture I consumed this year. Now, thank you all for checking out the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. If this is your first episode, please, please, please subscribe. Uh, leave an uh, Apple rating and review. It helps people discover the podcast. Uh, Spotify reviews also help. Uh, in the future, I have planned an exciting series that I won't disclose right now. More shenanigans to come. Plus, who knows what the status of some of our current projects are. Maybe we'll start new projects. Maybe we'll continue uh, with the current ones. But I have a lot of exciting plans that I'm not ready to reveal yet. But I'm excited about the future. Plus, more Si Se Puede. Now, uh, please, please, please let me know what you think of this episode. If you enjoyed the clip show, um, you can follow me on all social media at What the Fleep. The Brazilian Dragon Podcast is at Brazil Dragon Pod. If you want to get in touch with me about the podcast itself, Felipe at BrazilianDragonPodcast.com. Now, generally, at the end of all of my podcasts, I like to do a pop culture plug. Um, my pop culture plug is Promised Land. You can watch it on iTunes or Amazon. Should be on Hulu still, but Hulu pulled it. Uh, that's the show I worked on. I'm very passionate about it. It's Latino. 
and I think it's a phenomenal piece of art. So I highly recommend it. Um, keep in touch with me. Like, holler at me. I will be going on a little bit of a podcast hiatus while I go travel to Brazil, visit some family. But when I get back, I got an exciting project in the works that I'm not ready to announce yet. Um, and more shenanigans in 2023. We're definitely going to hit 150 because this is episode 145 right now. So super excited about that milestone. Got to figure out what I want to do while I'm in Brazil. Um, thank you so much for anyone who's taken a chance on this podcast over the years. It really means a lot to me. I do it for my own fun, but it's also nice to know that other people are enjoying this content. Now, uh, if you got to the end of this podcast, why don't you say hashtag AJ Norris Logbud. I don't know. Uh, tweet at AJ Norris the word Logbud if you got to the end of this podcast. Um, because he's clearly the star of this episode, not me. Uh, I appreciate you all. Um, and until next year, everyone, uh, si se puede, uh, I need to think of a good sign off for my podcast. It's been two and a half years, boy, get it together. Um, until next time, everyone, hasta la pasta. You mean what you say
Monday.